Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Now in this series, we're walking through my book, To Love and to Be Loved, Establishing Healthy Relationships, which you can get a copy on Amazon, go to my website. Now in this episode, we're going to go on further in talking about how to cultivate your love relationship with God. Now, in the last episode, we talked about the importance of letting God love you, storing up the honeymoon with God, living in the honeymoon, living in a state of passion with God, uh, living in a state of um, just like the bridegroom and the bride of Christ, always having a demonstration of love, uh, feeling the flirtatious presence of God, all of those things. And we're going to go on into that further today. I want to read to you. Today I'm going to teach you a little bit um, about some of the early concepts of the priests and um, their what their relationship with the Lord looked like. Now I'm going to read to you out of the book of Revelation. Uh, so if you have your Bible, you can get that or you can just listen and follow along. Close your eyes. Let me read to you. I'm okay with that as well. But we're going to be talking about the book of Revelation, chapter 2, where, it's, uh, where uh, Jesus is addressing the loveless church. So he's talking about all the things they're doing well, all the things they're doing right, but this one thing he has against them. Let me read it to you. It says, the angel of the church of Ephesus uh, writes this, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience. And I know you cannot bear those who are evil and that you have tested those who who say they are apostles, but are not, and you have found them liars. I know that you have persevered and you have had patience and you have labored for my name's sake and you have not become weary. Now, this sounds like a good report so far, all the things they're doing right. But then he goes on, he says this word, nevertheless, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Okay, so this is that sting. And, and I really feel like this uh, this episode is really going to speak to those who are in ministry, uh, maybe those who have started out in ministry, those of you who are committed to ministering, ministry or ministering to people on a regular basis. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you and quickly remove your lampstand lamp stand from its place unless you repent. Now, a lot of us, when we're talking about that lampstand, it, uh, it talks a lot. It goes on to talk about the paradise of God. He who has an ear, let him hear it. What the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give, to, give you to eat the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise. The paradise of God. And so it is God's desire for you to be sitting, eating, living, lapping in the paradise of God. And it is possible for you to be in the midst of ministry. And when I say ministry, I don't necessarily mean a structured organization. Now, many of you know I'm the founder of Crazy Eight Ministries, so I have a ministry. It is possible for you to be ministering on a daily basis, whether it's to your spouse, to your children, to your neighbors, to your friends, or to the homeless, or to the to drug addicts, or in a church but yet have lost your first love and have forgotten your first work. And that's what I want to talk to you about in this episode. Now that word first is the idea, it denotes the idea in the, in the Greek, 
the idea of rank, a ranking. And God is saying there is a ranking order in your heart and I want to rank number one. Now we know there's lots of different scripture passages that talk about wavering between two opinions, how a friendship with the world is enmity with God. It says that in James chapter 1 and in 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah comes to the prophets of Baals and he, Baals and he says, how long will you waver between two opinions? And he's really uh, trying to get them to, to recognize you can't have both. You can't be having your affection in this place and your affection in this place at the same time. That passage in James chapter four, talks about how God is a jealous God. Or do you not realize that God is a jealous God? His spirit um, intensely envies for your soul. And so I want us to really allow this episode to search you, seek you, search me, seek me, and see if there are other things that have taken first rank especially things that we would consider good, like ministry. Ministering to people. Has ministering to people become first rank? Has it taken the place of your first love, which is God? Now, I know this sounds super weird, but let me go into the history of the priesthood. Now, uh, the priesthood, let me find my page here. Uh, The priesthood uh, in the Old Testament... Um, was all about ministering to the temple. It was all about ministering to God, stirring up his presence in the temple. Now, today we hear the idea of the priesthood or the ministry being about ministering to people. But the term priest actually means an official who was set apart from the rest of the community in order to carry out certain duties associated with worship and sacrifice. Now look at the phrase there, set apart from the community, meaning they were not ministering to people. They were ministering in the temple. Their job was to cultivate the presence of the Lord in the temple so that the presence of God would then therefore minister to people. Now, this is going to kind of segue nicely into self-care and ministering to self because we are the temple. Um, And and if we cultivate the presence of the Lord in our own lives first, if we are continuous through ministering to God, if we're cultivating that, um, then his presence will ooze up out of us. We will carry the countenance of his love. People will sense, they will feel his presence around us. I've had people say, gosh, I don't know what it is about you. I just feel safe to share things with you. I feel safe to be honest with you. I feel safe to be vulnerable with you. Well, that's because I'm cultivating the presence of the Lord in my life. Now, let me, let me be honest with you and tell you when I was writing this book, I was writing it out of a lot of the personal revelations that I was having through some of the trend, uh, shifting that my husband and I were going through and certainly the shifting that I was going through in my relationship with the Lord. Now, when I first started in ministry, I had two prophets that gave me really two good pieces of advice and I didn't really get them until I needed them. And the first piece of advice was never get so busy ministering that you forget your ministry to God. And I was like, yes, of course, of course. I'll never get so busy ministering that I forget my ministry to God. The second one spoke, always remember to minister to God first and everything else will fall into place. Now, what I did not realize is that there would come a time in my life when I had to recognize that sometimes ministering to people was taking precedence over my ministry to God first. 
and that not only should I, but that it was good for me to guard that space and that I needed to put my ministry to God first, that I had lost my first love. My first love became my ministry. My first love became ministering to people or the people I was ministering to. And that doesn't sound bad. Just like when we were reading in Revelations 2, he says, I know that you've persevered. I know that you have done good works. I know that you have done all of these things that were great. But nevertheless, this one thing I have against you, that you have fallen away from your first love. The first love of ministering to God, your first work. It says, repent therefore and go back to the first work. Because it's the first work that stirs up your first love. So this goes back to, again, when we were talking about uh, receiving God's love, saturating yourself in that place, cultivating the honeymoon with God, coming into a place where you're just content to sit in his presence and to praise him and to worship him. We're going to be talking a little bit more in the next episode about what it really means to cultivate the presence of God. We're going to be taking a look at the lampstand and, and all the duties that the priests engaged in in the temple and how that connects with who you and I are today uh, and, and, and what it looks like practically. So I don't want to just throw out these concepts to you. So, I, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and say, hey, we need to return to our first work of ministering to God first. And you being like, what does that even mean? What does that even look like? What does it look like to minister to God? We are very adept at knowing what it looks like to minister to people and putting the needs of people before uh, the needs of the temple and the needs of God's presence and the needs of the Holy Spirit of stirring all of that up in our own lives, of fanning the flame of the fire that God started through salvation in our lives. We want to go back to our first work. So going back to the priesthood and talking about um, all that the Old Testament says, let me just read to you some of the passages um, from Scripture all throughout the Old Testament, the priests were referred to ministers of the Lord. So, meaning that's what they did. They ministered to the Lord. In 1 Chronicles 15, 2, it says, The Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister before him forever. Again, I'm, I'm trying to call the, uh, create this, this line here between ministering to God and ministering to people. Because they are not the same thing. And as the priesthood of God, we are called to minister to him first. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. All throughout Deuteronomy and 1 Chronicles, it says that the priests were to stand before the presence of the Lord. Uh, we know in the story of 1 Samuel that it says the boy ministered to the Lord before Elijah the priest. Now, when his mother Hannah committed him to ministry... She knew that meant he would spend his life in the temple ministering to God so that the temple was cultivating the presence of God. It, it became an inhabitation of the presence of the Lord. And then when people would come to the temple, they would receive ministry from God himself. Now, this is so important because... The, the priests actually functioned as mediators of God's presence. And they were responsible, they were responsible for the day-to-day -day operations of the temple. The, the trimming of the wick, the cultivating of the oil, uh, the sacrificing, the releasing of the incense. So they were the mediators of God's presence. They cultivated God's presence. 
So whatever the tabernacle, whatever the local um, worship place was, whether it was a local shrine, the tabernacle, the temple in Jerusalem, this was their job. Their focus was solely ministering on God first through the care of the temple. This was their first work. Furthermore, if they had forsaken their first work, the presence of the Lord would wane and the people would suffer. Now I want to note here that it was not the responsibility of the priests to make sure they ministered to the people. It was the responsibility of the priests to make sure they cultivated the presence of the Lord within the temple and then they trusted the presence of the Lord to minister to the people. This is so big. If you cannot get this, please rewind and listen to it again. For you and I as ministers of the Lord, it is so important that we are cultivating, we are staying attuned to our first work of ministering to God within our temple, from the top of our head all the way down to the tips of our toes, so that we are solely relying on the Holy Spirit, His presence, His love, the revelation of His Word to minister to people around us. A lot of us forget our first work and we end up trying to minister to people out of our intellect, our knowledge, our opinions, our advice, our love, our empathy. When I say our love, I'm talking about our fleshly love, our empathy, our sympathy, instead of the compassion of Christ, very big difference. And so, and then what happens is we get exhausted and we lose our first love. We lose our passion for people. We lose our fire for people. We start to feel compassion fatigue. We hear that all the time in ministry or with volunteers that they experience compassion fatigue because we are not stirring up and ministering to the presence of God within our own temple, within our own lives. So let's shift here and let's talk about Jesus as the priest. Now Jesus himself was the high priest and his ministry was also to God first. <clears throat> now we know uh, throughout many places in scripture where Jesus actually said, I cannot go minister to the people. I've got to sit in my father's presence where he separated himself and he cultivated his ministry to God. He cultivated his own relationship with God. His ministry on the cross was to God because God wanted to be restored to his people. His ministry as an overflow was that God was able to minister to the people through salvation. But Jesus's ministry was to God. It was his call, his purpose, his mission, his passion was to fulfill the ministry of God. I need you to get this. And so even he put, I, I know people are going to just watch this and be like, oh, so you're saying that Jesus didn't put people first and that he didn't die for the people. He did, but his ministry was to God first. And out of that came the ministry to people. Note that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he had a moment of humanness in his flesh, he was like, oh, I'm not sure I want to do this. And he bowed before the Lord and the presence of the Lord and the word of God and, and the love of God came upon him and gave him the strength and the spirit to therefore follow through the work of the cross and minister to the people. In his own humanness, in his own flesh, he would not have been able to do, it, do that. It was only through the presence of God. So Jesus himself was the high priest. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Seeing that we now have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. He can sympathize with your weakness. But was in all points tempted just as you are, just as I am, yet was without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in our help of need. Jesus prepared the way for man by ministering to God first, just like the priest did in the Old Testament. Now let's move on to 1 Peter 2.5, where it talks about you and I as the priesthood. Okay, so we have the priesthood in the Old Testament. I'm just trying to teach you the roles of the priesthood of the Old Testament. Jesus as the high priest, the role that he took as the high priest. And then in 1 Peter 2.5, it says, You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer, offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Who are we offering sacrifices to? To God. A lot of us spend more time sacrificing for people than we do for God. We're looking for ways that we can satisfy the people around us, ways that we can minister to the people. And we're trying to earn, we're trying to earn love from people. We're also trying to earn love from God. Instead of saying, I've already received a love from God. I'm holy and acceptable and pleasing in his sight. Therefore, I live a life pouring out my adoration, living in sacrifice to God. And that presence that is stirred up in my own life is ultimately what compels me to do, to be whatever God calls me to be to other people. And that is the presence that end up, ends up ministering to other people. I'm trying to keep it simple. First Peter 2 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. I can't see a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his, his marvelous life. Look, God has called us into a ministry to him. Our job is to live a life of sacrifice and proclaim his praises continuously. Isn't this what they did in Acts chapter 2 where it says they continued steadfastly, ministering, praising, worshiping, fellowshipping in the presence of God, cultivating the presence of God, the love of God. I want you to think with me for a moment about Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. It says this, Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. Now it happened as they went that he, meaning Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha came to him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving as she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Some versions say only one thing here is necessary. And Mary has chosen that good part and it will not be taken away from her. I want you to think about Matthew 6, 33, where it says, seeking first the kingdom of God and making the ministry of God first. This is a great example of how Martha was doing all the right things. She was serving people. That looks good. It looks great. But she was bitter and angry at somebody who had the boundaries to say, look, I can't serve people right now because the presence of God is in here and I have to serve him first. I have to bow down in his presence. He is the focus of my affection. He is the focus of my devotion. He is the point of my adoration. I am solely focused on the presence of God in my life. And I'm going to put him first. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. 
Listen, not only does Martha in this moment miss out on the presence of God, she is missing out on the beauty of just sitting at the presence at the feet of Jesus, just sitting at his feet. She's missing out that, but she becomes angry and bitter because she has ministry, is ministering to people to the point of being fatigued, being angry, being bitter. And, and I want you to get this. I want you to get this because it is so easy for us to not set healthy boundaries in our lives and to be ministering to people around us. I talked a lot about um, the hula hoops and how we jump into other people's hoops in the name of Jesus Christ and say, well, God has called me to minister to this person, minister to that person. And now I'm exhausted and I'm fatigued and I'm angry and I'm bitter and I'm frustrated. And that is not what God has called you to do. If you forego your first work, now listen to me, your first love, your first work should compel a work to those around you. But if it is not compelled, if you don't feel compelled to do it, if you feel like, oh my gosh, I need to get up and go to, go to work, or I need to, I need to make this meal, or I got to work in the nursery, I'm just going to keep it super real and super relevant. If you don't feel a complete joy, if you don't compelled in those places, then perhaps it's not because it's been compelled by the Holy Spirit, but rather it's been compelled by guilt or have to or religion or out of your own flesh. You're trying to earn your, your jewels as a Christian or as a believer. I want you to recognize the beauty and the freedom that there is to step back and say, look, I need to just saturate myself. I need to get back to my first love. I need to repent and turn away from the things that have distracted me. Turn away from the things that have um, confused or uh, watered down the simplicity of my relationship with the Lord. I'm telling you, if you can just sit in the presence of God on a regular basis and learn what it means to minister to Him, to adore Him, to worship Him. Listen, go, go and watch the uh, playlist on worship. I'll put the link right here to the playlist on worship and really get back to the heart of worship and the importance of worshiping to worshiping God first and foremost um, and, and how it will change. That's the ministry that we have to God and how it will change the way you view your ministry to people around you. I really want you uh, to connect with this. I'm going to give you a couple of assignments because I want you to hear from the Holy Spirit. If you are watching this and you're just letting me feed you information, please do not. Go back to the Word. Cultivate the presence of the Holy Spirit. Read Revelations chapter 2 for yourself. Go back and look up all the verses that I quoted. Read it for yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal truth for you. What does it look like for you to stay or to go back to your first love, get back to your first work? What does that look like for you? Okay. Now, if you are in a place where you're like, man, I really feel like I've lost my way and I just really need some help, book a discovery call with me. I'd love to connect with you. It's a free 15-minute discovery call. Perhaps uh, life coaching might be exactly what you need. Perhaps you need some counseling. I'd love to connect with you um, in regard to that as well. Either way, don't just sit there and do nothing. Invest in your own relationship with the Lord Therefore, investing in you and in your growth, maximizing you, what you do, and cultures around you. All right, you guys, that sums it up for today. Remember, enforcing purpose. It starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, 
or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.